Just that kind of in me pocket I'll fetch me running shoes from the van Cause when you've got all hungry With no food in your tummy Then curry, I'm your man Cause how we all lose it is a mystery It's like the changing of our wardrobes From a dire history But it's the one making us non-stop Kilograms is all we've got to drop. La 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 la. Hello, 50kg droppers. Um, today we've got a very special guest, a man that is a triathlete nutritionist. I'll let him do his own introductions because, you know, uh, mine's regularly getting critiqued. So, um, yeah, welcome, James. Is it LeBeg? That's it, LeBeg, yep. Yeah. LeBeg. Right, first time. Nice. <laughs> Thanks. I'm just like, apologies for that. I'm nervous after Bob critiquing me throughout the day. <laughs> so, um, James, um, thanks very much for coming on the pod. Um, gave you a bit of context before the pod of kind of how we're here and everything. We've got a, an extraordinary amount of questions to ask you. But before we get, get going, if you could introduce yourself, your services, what you do uh, for our listeners, that would be really handy. Yeah, sure. Um, well, thanks for having me on. I've been looking forward to chatting with you, actually. And your your questions, which you sent over, I think are great. So actually, I'm really looking forward to going through them. So yes, my name is James LeBague, and I have two two jobs, essentially. So one of them is that I work in general practice or family medicine. So I'm an advanced clinical practitioner, and I have a role pretty similar to a GP or family doctor. I also work in sports nutrition as well. So I'm a registered sports nutritionist. And within that sphere, I have kind of two jobs there as well. So I'm the head of nutrition at Hurry the Food Up. And we're a vegetarian-based website, which primarily focuses on helping people lose weight healthily and sustainably over time with vegetarian diet. And then I have my own company, Nutrition Triathlon. And I work with amateur and professional endurance athletes. And when I say athlete, it's, it's pretty much anyone who just wants to get involved with endurance sports. So whether it's kind of looking at weight loss and doing a bit of running, whether it's someone doing their first half marathon, marathon, all the way up to people doing Ironman, uh, Ironman triathlons and working with elites, I kind of cover it all. So I do quite a, a lot of different work, but it's all super fun and keeps me busy. Lovely. Very busy, I should imagine, with all that. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to ask you about marathons, right? So um, I completed the London Marathon last year. Completed is the optimum word. It took me seven hours. Um, I didn't really complete Couch to 5K beforehand, but just went, right, you know, time to get it. And prior to that, I got pointed in the direction of Precision Nutrition as a website, mm -hmm. which basically you're meant to put your diet dimensions in height weight that sort of stuff and then they give you a pack of of nutrition that you're meant to put in your body when you're running a marathon halfway through the marathon my <laughs> hands had swollen my legs had swollen everything had swollen because i took too many salt tablets according to the ambulance woman um what is the actual like recommendation of a marathon runner? And we also had a guy messaging talking about the gels and the kind of science behind a gel. And what does that all mean? So 
If it's all right, I'll start there because that's been bugging yeah. me for months. <laughs> that's fine. So, um, show the photo, Ian, of your hand as well. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like that was yeah. pretty <laughs> impressive then. Well, yeah, as, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. I, was, um, I was 160 kilograms when I did it. So fair enough. Yeah. Well, it's a pretty pretty great achievement, anyway. Um, yeah. So okay, in terms of salt intake, sodium intake when you're running, it it's more into, important rather than just talking about intake like over marathon or over any distance. It's actually more important to put it in perspective of how much fluid you drink, because the amount of salt you have and salt capsules should you basically whereas something like carbohydrates you might say 30 60 90 grams an hour you can't say 250 milligrams of sodium per hour you have to put it per liter of fluid so the recommendation is for about 500 milligrams of sodium per liter of fluid there's quite a variety in how much you should consume and it does just depend on personal physiologies like how much you sweat how much um like what the temperature is the climate that sort of thing so people in their sweat can lose anywhere between maybe 250 milligrams of sodium up to about 2000 milligrams of sodium per liter of sweat so you you have a real real big um variety interesting you said about that do you know how many tablets you took the 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 website told me that I should be doing I think it was like one every 10k maybe so I was and doing that but I wasn't I wasn't running after the 14th k because right. I, I was just fucked <laughs> so yeah. I, I was walking and I wasn't sweating as much okay and so I mean I guess then you took one every so what you took four over the whole race yeah and then I also had some solution in, I had like a backpack with some sort of solution in. I was okay. told to drink that. I was drinking that. I think that had more sodium in it. Yeah, normally. And then I'd have uh, like gels, water, that sort of thing. Okay. I was walking around like the Michelin man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, hard to say exactly and without kind of going properly through it. But I guess as a reference point, it wouldn't be unusual that I would recommend to someone to have, it does depend on how much is in the salt capsules. I think probably if you're talking about the ones from precision fuel and hydration, it's normally 250 milligrams of sodium per capsule. <clears throat> I would normally recommend or might recommend kind of two or three of those. Uh, when you look at it, like 500 milliliters of fluid, that would probably work out per hour. So it wouldn't be unusual for someone to con like consume two or an hour of those like for a long time or even three an hour so hard to say i mean off the the back of it, it doesn't really sound like you might have been consuming too much but yeah there's lots to unpick and potential reasons why it could have happened not necessarily just because of that yeah were you drinking a lot of liquid were you drinking lots of water stupid about it. so I, was, I had that water on my back then every single station i was stopping at i was getting a drink because i was worried about getting cramp so i was trying yeah. to avoid that because so the the reason i say about it's more important to consider the sodium intake per liter of fluid is that's actually far more important because what one of the things that people can end up doing in the marathon or any endurance event is they actually overdrink with water so they drink too much water and what happens is you actually end up diluting the amount of sodium in your blood 
So you actually have low sodium levels and it's because people just keep consuming water because they're hot, sweaty. Um, and that, that can lead to problems as well. That's what the ambulance woman said. She said, just do not consume anything more. And I had another yeah. like five miles or whatever it was to go. Right. Um, it could have actually been you had too little fluid uh, sodium. Uh, it, it's one of those, it's so hard to say, especially in retrospect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but. Fair enough. Well, that's not the point of the pod. That was me just, that's been itching <laughs> my brain for months. Um, so in short, I'm about 156 kilograms at the moment. Bob, you're... What was I this morning? 166 points, something was I? Yeah. John? Yeah, about that. 100... Yes, what I found. 18. 118. Yeah. We're on a weight loss competition for the month. That isn't really the point. The point is to try and consistently lose weight for a period of time. Um tried keto tried all forms of different diets in the past diet strategy i'm going for at the moment 2200 calories a day uh walk loads of walking and then now i'm going to start introducing some like gym sessions boxing sessions that sort of stuff bob what's your strategy almost exactly the same um not doing the boxing sessions but i'm doing a lot of a lot of walking and a lot of weight sessions here i've probably done Doing like I'm trying to exercise every day. The last few days I've done twice a day. Yeah, just trying to, but nothing, nothing that's take like you know, like I say, up here walking, for example, nothing that's going to injure me. And John, I was going for 1500 calories a day, so I was trying quite extreme calorie deficit and calorie restriction. Um, potentially building a bit of exercise in at some point, but it wasn't a key focus. Um, but I'm going to change my strategy to fasting because there's a guy, there's a guy in the group that's doing, getting some pretty good results from it. And he's also convinced me that fasting is better for your metabolism long-term than calorie restriction, uh, daily calorie restriction. So I'm going to change tactic as of this weekend. <laughs> what, what food have you been eating, John? Oh, right, yeah, and I've been uh, eating a lot of mashed potato, <laughs> um, <laughs> samosas, and uh, fish fingers. <laughs> Amazing. James, for context, we've been doing, a, we've been doing a, a competition in January, so we've been doing Top Dropper. So we've got um, a number of listeners that, that wanted to join in, joining the three of us for doing a weight loss competition in January, 4th of January to 4th of Feb. So we, we've got um, 20, 20 listeners actually joined us on this on this competition and it's, we've been wearing every Thursday. So we, we, our second wearing is today. So we're two weeks in as of today. Um, so the the yeah the group that John's on about is a group full of lots of listeners that are uh, in this competition with us. And yeah, the the leader at the moment is someone who's doing fast, which I'm sure will be a big topic in this. Okay. In this. Yeah. Now, James, if you were that big, right, what would be your strategy? I suppose then it, it's worth just saying and talking about kind of what diets are the best and the truth is there's not if you look at the research there's not really any diet that is better than others and so people can lose weight however in in whatever sense realistically you can pretty much eat any type of food and you can pretty much follow any diet strategy and you will lose weight 
if things are within a certain balance. So ketogenic diets, fasting, normal calorie restriction, very ca low calorie um, density diets. They, they all essentially do the same thing, which is aiming to put someone into a calorie deficit. The thing which is far more important than anything else, well, actually, no, there's two things. One is that you're in an appropriate calorie deficit. And the second is that you can maintain that diet. So basically, there is no point doing a diet or trying to follow something if you aren't going to stick to it. You know, if you can stick to it for two or three weeks, maybe even a month or two, that's great. But commonly what you see and from personal experience, and also we do see this in the literature as well, if you follow super restrictive diets, it's usually much harder to follow them over the long term. And then what happens is you kind of get to your goal weight or you get to the point where you have really tried for a couple of months, six months, and you've been putting effort in. And then either your motivation slips, willpower slips, something that you're actually kind of like fighting to get to that point. And it's not like an easy diet. And then it goes. So then people don't maintain it over the long term. Weight comes back. That's the sort of thing we see. So pretty much in a nutshell, you have to find a diet that means you can be in a calorie deficit and you kind of have to enjoy it because there's absolutely no point following a diet that you can't. Yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it. Uh, and it's not been a struggle at all and the way it's been coming off. I am restricting alcohol. I'm restricting quite a lot. Sweets, chocolate is completely out of the diet. Um, and I'm just fighting the cravings in the way that you would give up cigarettes or give up something else it's like um that's my mindset at the minute but are you saying that <clears throat> the restrictions will eventually catch up in theory how do you mean there sorry so at, at some point i'm going to buckle with it and get smashed and do that sort of stuff because that's usually what happens in these diets for me yeah not not well, necessarily it's it's more actually just the the overall diet as in when i talk about the hard restrictions Re I, I'm more talking about things like fasting and ketogenic diets. Th those are the ones which in general put you in a more severe restriction. Your food choice is limited. Those are the ones which are typically much harder to follow over time. I mean, we could talk about it as well if you want in terms of kind of strategies, but the, the things like sweets ruining your diet, that sort of thing, the whole point is trying to build contingency plans to reduce the risk of that happening, but also trying to... So, and so there we're kind of talking about physical things. So that might be something as simple as like not buying said thing and making sure that it's not in your house, but also coming up with mental strategies and plans so that actually the biggest... Well, like a really important thing to realize is that in even if you like if you've been doing well even if you have a really crap week, that doesn't change anything over the long term. So it's trying to understand and come up with almost the mental fortitude to understand that, yeah, you might have a shit day. Sorry, actually, I don't know if I can swear on this. Yeah, believe me, you can, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you might have a, a bad day, a bad week, but actually, if you zoom out a bit and you say, well, at the start and this is why that consistency is so important because actually you need to be thinking like a year two years 
three years, your life. And so it's coming up and actually just building that mental mental fortitude that a week or two doesn't matter. You know, realistically, a month doesn't matter as long as you get back on it. That's obviously not the ideal. And you want to just try and keep it consistent. But that that's how I would frame it. Fair enough. That makes total sense. So should we delve into the world of fasting then? So at the moment, there's sure. it, it seems to be Dana White was the first guy that's probably not the first guy that's ever done this, but he's the one who's been spamming it around the world. He did a 78-hour fast, was it? And then he was 86, doing... 86, wasn't it? That's, that's yeah, electrolytes and bone broth. Two cups of bone broth and then electrolytes, water, six litres a day. There's a guy in the group that's doing this, right? And he's 11 kilograms down in two weeks. Nine. Nine. Okay, nine. He was on the pod yesterday. Um, so for the listeners, that would be last week. And he believes his research that's there. My concern is that he's going to drop dead in this competition. <laughs> and just like, because the thing that doesn't compute with me is I've watched so many programs of like survival programs and stuff where they're starving. Like I haven't eaten in days and they're just laid out somewhere, just like trying to breathe. But <laughs> at what point does it get to that? And he, he's adamant that he's fine and good luck to him. Um, he's done what three, a three day and a four day fast so far within the two yeah. weeks. Right? Was yeah, that right? Seventy yeah. odd hours into this long, and then that when he's not fasting, he'll be having pints, having curries, whatever. He's enjoying himself, and then knowing that the fast will rewrite that, and actually has re- rewritten it plus nine. I don't, nine yeah, I don't think he's having that many pints and curries though. He's just he's no, but he's not. He's but making he's not, his letters. He's, he's not, letting us know that he's having. No, that. but I, I guess he's not. He's not. But he, he's open. He's not bothered. He doesn't count calories. Not bothered about that sort yeah. of thing. So I guess he's living, you know, his normal, his version of normal life, and then it's just doing the fasting. Mm-hmm. So, what's the science? Hmm. See, the you definitely can lose weight with that. The and it really still just comes back to overall calorie amounts and calorie deficits because. In that 72 hours, he's not eating anything and therefore his body is going to be using its own stores to help generate energy. And that that's fine. And you definitely can lose weight that way. But the so the, the big thing there is how, and you know, kudos to him, but how long can he keep that up for? And how is he actually feeling in it? You know, is this sustainable? I don't know how much this chap has to lose. Is it actually something he can do over time? And also, when he's doing those fasts, how is he feeling? Is he enjoying them? Is he able to concentrate at work? Is he able? Is he snappy? All of these things, which actually are, they, they, you know, there's more nuance to it, and there's there's no real science or data, excuse me, that suggests fasting is is really any better. So there is the whole thing about like, does it increase your metabolism? Um, and uh, autophagy, this is that that big word that gets thrown around as well. It's the same if you follow a calorie deficit diet. So if you're just in a reasonable calorie deficit, you're, you're getting the same sort of results. So unfortunately, and it's the same as things like time-restricted windows, there's no magic to fasting. It's you're finding a method which allows you to get into a calorie deficit. If you're not eating for three or four days, you, you have to eat a lot in those other periods to 
make up to, for it in the sense of like you would have to eat a lot to be able to balance that out. So it's it's the same as if you just ate one meal a day, you would lose weight and you're not fasting as such and you're eating every day, but your calorie amount is so much lower that you're still going to lose weight. Cheers. Yeah, long-term impacts on the um, metabolism, that's the that's the key one for me and the, the key thing that Max is saying that um, if you, when you fast, it's not going to sort of permanently damage your your metabolism. Um, and he's got he's got some book where he's read that. Um, whereas, yeah, eating fifteen hundred or seventeen hundred calories over an extended period of time can permanently damage your metabolism. Uh, by all by many accounts that I've read. So is that, is so, that true? Not not really. So <laughs> there there's an element of that, but there's some nuance to it in that. As you're in it, if you're in a calorie deficit and you're in a calorie deficit every day for a long period of time, your metal- metabolism definitely does start to slow because your body is like a, it's very clever and it notices that you're not getting enough food and enough to kind of maintain its normal day to day processes. So what it yeah. starts to do is slow things down. It slows your metabolism because the slower your metabolism goes, the less calories you use. So it starts essentially slowing things or switching parts of your body off. Females, um, it, it's one of the things which is all the rage in sport at the moment, for, for good reason, but females can lose their periods. And that's because their body has noticed that they aren't having enough calories. It needs to preserve some energy for its other vital functions because reproduction in that sense isn't vital, and it shuts them off. Wow. I read that in Exercised was a book that I read recently that was saying that that if you're in a really big calorie deficit, your body stops the reproduction because it's conserving energy and stuff like that. It makes total sense. That's actually yeah. that book makes sense. <laughs> so that so just with that in mind, so I'm a, I'm massively overweight, right? So say I can continue this diet that I'm on, which is just which is. You know, I've set 2,200. Most days I'm under 2,000, right? So I'm in a caloric deficit because my maintaining calories, I think some website told me it was like 3,200 or 2,600 or something, right? Because I'm a big chap. So for me to lose this weight is going to take me months just doing what I'm doing now. Or is what we're saying is, or is what basically what we're saying is in a few months' time, I'm to, to carry on and lose my weight, I'm going to be by default slowing my metabolism down by the end of it. Yes and no. And so what you can do, there's different strategies to essentially reset. So you can have what's called refeeding periods. So you Brilliant. essentially imagine if you followed so <laughs> I mean, it's, it's almost the same as, you know, having your curries and pints between the days of fasting. But um, so if let's say you stick to your amounts now and you keep losing weight, and it's really sustainable. And then in three or four months, you find you're doing exactly the same. You're doing the same amount of exercise. You're eating the same amount of food, but you've stopped losing weight. Now, that might be because you have just got to the point your metabolism has slowed down. You you need to change things. You could have less calories, but actually that's probably not the right thing to do because what you need to do is reintroduce some calories back to your body. So it says, ah, okay, 
things are all right and it resets you back to, to balance. So usually what we suggest is one to two weeks of a refeeding where you go up to maintenance or slightly above, you reset your metabolism and then you start again. So it's not anything too dramatic. To, to okay. confirm on that, every every two weeks you'd have one day of that. No, so it, it would be for one to two weeks, you would have one, sorry, yeah, for one to two weeks, you would have every day being back at maintenance calories or back just oh over to, to reset your metabolism. After how long of, of under eating? Same period, two weeks. It just depends really. Get Keep okay. keep on with what you're doing. And if you get to the point that it's not working. Yeah, it can't and... be two weeks on because otherwise it would be two weeks on, two weeks off. And you'd... Yeah, no, you, you, you can realistically said, yeah. go, go for months like this and at the point where you stop losing weight you just have to honestly ask yourself what's changed and if you can truthfully go through everything say i haven't started snacking more i haven't started sneaking in a couple of pints you know something isn't different then actually then then that might be worth a refeeding strategy i genuinely thought you were saying Two weeks is up, and I'm like, deliver it. <laughs> We're two weeks today, aren't we? Yeah. 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 No, afraid, afraid not. Not just yet. But do you know what's, what's interesting, though, James, is that we, we've had someone else on here recently, uh, a guy called, called Brian O'Keefe, and he lost a huge amount of weight. So he, he lost 10 stone in, in seven and a half months. And what he was saying is how, how we did it was big caloric deficit. That went on for months. And then basically when you find that your calories – um, so he said, do 2,200, for example, set that as a kind of guide, which Ian and I have both adopted. And then when you realize it slows down or, or, or you're not losing the same weight and then just reduce and reduce, which is then he goes to the 1,800, 1,700, whatever that might be, which, so that's, that makes sense what he's saying. He's, he's hitting that point that you're talking about because he, he lost, you know, he is consistently sticking to it. And then he's just slowing his metabolism down, I, I guess, which is then meaning he's having to go more drastic to continue the weight loss. Yeah. Wow. Is there no, um, so what, what what about permanent damage to it? Where because yeah. I've heard that you can permanently damage. I'm, I'm it. I'm not aware of any permanent damage that you can do through it. So, it, and again, okay. if you are doing this where every two or three months, or at the point where things slow down, you're then being sensible. You're not doing it too drastically to start with. That's also really important. And then you're having these refeeding times. I, there's no, I'm not aware of any evidence that says that your metabolism can be permanently damaged by it. It might take some time to restore it. If it, if, for example, if you've been doing it for years and years, but yeah, you definitely okay. can get back there. And also, you said you, you said that not too drastic at the start. Surely, if you're doing fasting, that's the most drastic. Right? So, what what do you mean by not too drastic at the start? Yeah. So, by by not too drastic, I mean, so say you're aiming for two thousand, but yeah. a thousand calories a day that sort of thing because you would be trying to just do it too quickly so that although fasting is you will, people will tend to still eat a reasonable amount with those things so like for example your your person who's lost weight if he's eating a reasonable amount between those points he might yeah. still be getting enough calories but that's actually why i'm not the biggest fan of things like significant fasting just because it really puts you into significant calorie deficits. Now, there are some diets which are meant to do that. And so there's research going into what's called very low calorie diets, where people are eating or consuming around 800 calories a day. 
And I mean, that's mainly in type 2 diabetics and they're looking at trying to reverse type 2 diabetes. And there, there are potentially some benefits to it. But this then comes all the way back to consistency and longevity. Because yeah. if if you're still, even so you, your chap has lost, what do you say, nine kilos, put it into perspective. If he needed to lose another 40, 50 kilos, would he be able to keep doing that same approach over the long term? And if that truly works for him, he finds that okay, then if you're getting to that goal and you couldn't get there any other way, that's fine. Like yeah. it, it, although there might be some key principles that might be like that are good to follow. And that's, you know, getting things like fresh fruits, veggies, fiber, that sort of thing into your diet, because we know that's healthy. The ultimate thing that you're looking for in this scenario is weight loss. And it's what's going to get you there. That makes a lot of sense. So, yeah. and in theory, if he can keep it up, then fair play. But I've never seen a man more motivated to win a chopping board in my life because that's the prize. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I've got one more, one more add-on to that. So just you're talking about, okay, so that's the caloric deficit that we're that, that is the goal, right, over any of the diets. Um, and we've also spoken about not that not being too drastic. So is there is there, rather than saying is there a set calories like that I'm looking at or Ian's looking at, if you were going to suggest someone to lose weight, would you would you suggest a certain amount of calories below what their maintenance are to and not go above that or, or below that figure? Yes, within kind of within reason. So the the kind of I guess gold standard, and this is based on losing the highest amount of or the highest proportion of fat versus muscle is five hundred grams to one kilo of weight per week that that's the sort of amount that you would get the the best preservation of muscle mass which is essentially yeah 500 hey. grams what <laughs> Sorry. Half, half, half a kilo half a kilo, kilo to 0.5 to one kilo of weight per week that that's kind of like <laughs> oh. the, the, the right. gold standard of like um losing weight at a rate that isn't too fast yeah and preserves muscle but that's perfect that, for I mean, the premier that... league though gents isn't it that's the guidelines yeah, it's good for the premier league yeah uh, yeah and i think everyone's always that's just not quick enough no and, and but this this is really the the trouble and like i know you say that but that that's something to kind of pick you up on is yeah. it might not be quick enough and and i think that's a really hard thing but that's why we're talking about like consistency over time and actually the mental fortitude behind it because we all want results right and you, you if you want if you start losing weight you want to see the scales change you want something for yeah. your effort and i totally agree and and maybe at the start it's really motivating but again it then just comes back to can you keep that up and the heavier you are realistically the more weight you have to lose you probably do you could go above that but again it just comes back to can can you stick to it over time because if you do it for say say you manage to lose two or three kilos per week and you do that for a month or two and then actually it's just been too tough and you blow out the water it's like it's the tortoise and the hare if you lose a kilo a week (laughs) and you keep that up for a year you've lost 50 kilos what what would you prefer at the end of the year? Yeah, no, I get it. And that's exactly yeah, the point of the pod, right? We're 
Yeah. That's why the Premier League, I think, is, makes it. So we're doing another competition from Feb onwards <clears> till May, where it's three points if you lose 0.5 of a kilo. If you if you're in between zero and zero point five, it's a draw, and if you gain, it's there's no points you lose. So whoever wins the most from that, so that kind of regular point five loss throughout the thing could be the route. Um, okay, then I, I feel like there's been been as big as I am though, and and some of us in the in the in the you know this competition are like doing a kilo a week. Like I don't think I'm doing anything drastic at the minute. Like I am just walking a fair bit and eating 2,200 calories, which is not far under what an average male should take. Isn't it? About 2,500, you can correct me on that. But like, I don't feel I'm being particularly drastic and I'm losing a lot more than a kilo a week. I mean, we're only two weeks in. Yeah, you're in a but... calorie deficit of like 2,000 because of your weight. So you're... Yeah, so, so, yeah. The, so you... the, those guidelines from the NHS are... The two and a half thousand calories per day for a male is based on kind of average normal weight male with uh, 30 minutes of exercise, I think it is. So it, it's intended, those guidance it is intended for that. You, your calorie expenditure probably is going to be significantly higher than that. And that's yeah. because you, if you have more weight, you're having to use more energy to move that around. Sure. And you're still in a reasonable amount, uh, a reasonable, you're still consuming reasonable calories there because, it, so then it comes back to, if we talk about like the, the metabolic rate slowing yeah. or your metabolism slowing, the way to think about this is how many calories you're having above your basal metabolic rate. So your basal metabolic rate is the rate that your body or the, the amount of calories your body needs to kind of carry out its normal functions if you were just resting, essentially. And yeah. for most guys, that's probably somewhere around like 1,600, 1,800 calories per day. And if you start going under that, that's when you're going to have far more impact on your metabolism over the long term because you're not providing enough calories to just support those basic functions that your body needs. So by consuming 2,200 calories a day, doing exercise, moving around and walking, you're still providing a little bit more and you're in a reasonable amount that actually it's coming off. And that's why I say it really is about sustainability because for now, if that works for you and you're feeling good, that's fine and you can keep that going. With it though, <clears throat> so if you're in a, it, that resting weight, let's say I'm in a thousand calorie deficit there and then one day I do some exercise, would you suggest to eat more on them days or to keep the keep the calories low so that you, you don't, so you're in an even bigger deficit in essence? This is a very, very good question. And thanks, Jack. actually what, one of the ones you sent me as well was around like uh, some, someone has said something about exercise and how to not over-consume afterwards. Yeah, that is that is basically the the key principle of it. So, again, this is the whole tortoise in the hare: how severe and how strict are you doing? Typically, what you find is if someone does extra exercise, then they either have already kind of planned, or they try to restrict through it when they know they probably should eat, be eating a bit more to account for it. You'll find that they get significantly more cravings. So, actually, the way to do that is to eat more around it and. It's so hard because it seems counterintuitive because you're like, yeah. well, I want to be losing weight, 
I'm doing this exercise, which is going to burn more calories. So help me lose weight. I don't want to eat. But actually, if, and it is really common that then people get far worse cravings. It might be later that day, or it might even be the next day or two. People feel far hungrier and then they struggle to control their eating. Whereas actually, if you eat properly at the time, you recover well and you understand that your body is still a functioning thing and it needs calories then you generally do much better that makes total sense from the walk from Millwall, i just stared at pies for like 10 minutes i just zoned out i was just like mm. <laughs> um john i think i think you're you're um you fall foul of that quite a bit because you always go I'm really sad. drastic and then you're like i'm starving but like with, with the way your approach is like gun-ho all the time i think that probably is right for you if you yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll be honest. I um, I didn't hear Ian's question. <laughs> I, I, heard the, I heard the answer, but I was trying to work out what the question was. I was doing it backwards. <laughs> the question was: Do you should you eat more if you're in a calorie deficit and then exercise? So should you eat more while you're exercising? Brian O'Keefe reckons you shouldn't because should, in theory is a good day. Eat more craving, before, or, or yeah, before, after, whatever. Like on that okay. day that you're exercising, should you eat more? Yeah, yeah. and it's especially after i would usually say it depends on how long you're exercising for but typically if you eat well afterwards as well that tends to blunt the craving response later on yeah so i I think bob i get more it's not really exercise i'm just under eating and then get cravings but yeah but yeah (laughs) so james you would you would suggest then before we move to the next question then basically any diet that's where you're not doing like fasting, for example, you would suggest at least be having the calories of your basal, what was it, basal metabolic intake? Right. But to be yeah. honest, I think, because um, I checked my basal met- met- metabolic rate, and I'm pretty sure mine was 2,600 because of my weight. So that would mean Ian and Bob would be higher than that. So I think they are under eating based on that. Yeah, makes sense. It, I've been craving like mad, so it makes total sense. It honestly, it depends. It, it's so hard to say. So, like all of the um, algorithms and apps and that sort of thing, they will give a ballpark. They, the the only way you can truly know is you go into a lab and you do the testing there. Okay. So, uh, I can't can't really but, say. But to eat under your basal metabo- metabolic rate. Would just slow your metabolism you're not you're not damaging it, yourself. you're not hurting yourself you're, you're not damaging yourself uh, as such i mean it's, it only it's, slows it's it a little bit right and then i mean it's it's hard because it is it is a bit more nuanced than that in that if yeah. you continually do it for a long time you do and and that's why i was saying about like females losing their period unfortunately yeah. guys especially don't necessarily have hallmarks of that because we don't lose our periods um Could, like not be able to not be able to jizz or something <laughs> I mean, it, 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 def- it actually does um, affect fertility. So, um, I love like the little school so, kid in you who just went, I have to say it. <laughs> you uh, you can eat under your basal metabolic rate and not necessarily have complications, but you don't want to do it too strictly or too severely for too long. Um, and this, this is then again just it sounds kind of boring but it's back to consistency and what you can do over time because the the more severe you fight you you do it the harder it becomes over time and is there is there a figure on what the average male is because you mentioned before 16 to 1800 
was your suggestion in your example is that because that's a, an average type figure that yeah that that's roughly females will probably be around kind of 1400 to 1600 okay so gotcha. you mentioned at the start that you're you run a kind of was it vegetarian slash vegan or or both uh, i mean a vegetarian food website but we have vegan recipes and stuff as well what's the benefits of a vegan diet good question yeah good question so there is more and more evidence coming out that plant-based food has numerous benefits now the the absolute truth is that most or if you eat a healthy balanced diet you can eat meat and be healthy so what i just want to say before i carry on is that you can still be very healthy eat meat eat fish whatever it's just there's probably more evidence coming out that taking out the meat-based sources is probably healthier now a lot of this is actually more just to do with the components of vegetarian food or plant-based food in that you eat so most of these are going to be more fibrous so fiber is super super good for us for loads of reasons it's good for our heart health it's good for our gut health it reduces the risk of cancer it reduces cravings plant-based food by nature just has more of that because fiber is a plant substance and you don't get that in meat um there's links with things like saturated fat which is in certain meat it's in dairy unless you're buying or having something like low-fat dairy um where that seems to increase the risk of things like cardiovascular disease because it increases your cholesterol um the, the the long and short is that it probably is healthier but that doesn't mean you can't be healthy i would be lying if i said you couldn't be healthier or healthy on a diet that included meat red meat is probably a caveat is that there's a reasonable amount of evidence to suggest that red meat is a carcinogenic so can increase the risk of cancer so certainly limiting that is a good idea that makes a lot of sense yeah and um i'm conscious of time here we've got about 12 minutes to go um from the the questions that i sent you before so we had a few from the diehard droppers as they like to call themselves <laughs> um, <laughs> so what does uh what do you think is the best way to optimize performance as well as lose weight? I.e., is it like run personal bests uh, and lose pounds? Like, how does that work? My honest advice would be don't focus on the time. Don't focus on the personal bests. The reason I say that is, again, we're kind of talking about consistency and doing it over time. You'll find that if you lose weight, you will run quicker. You will hit personal bests. And it's just a bit of a mindset shift. And I will always talk about this with anyone that I work with. While you're trying to lose weight, try to lose weight as your main goal and not training for performance. And again, this can be a little bit hard, but you will find that if you do that and you do it correctly, you will run personal bests by virtue of it. But if your mindset is more specific to running personal bests, you're going to be doing everything you can to kind of try to get there. And so commonly what that means is people will maybe train when they don't, shouldn't, not take a rest day when they shouldn't because they're, they're in their mind. They're like, well, I'm performance focused. That's what I want to do. 
Whereas if you just take that bit of pressure off and say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to treat my body with care. You know, I'm going to give it some respect. So I'm going to still give it some food. I'm going to train appropriate amounts. I'm not going to try and overdo it. You will naturally find it's all so much better. So that might not be what they they necessarily wanted to hear. I'm not sure. But try to take that pressure off yourself and you'll find that journey is so much easier. Makes total sense. The sweet tooth question. So one of the diehard droppers has got a, a kind of, habit of ruining his diet with tubs of ben and jerry's um and cartons of quality street um what's the the best way of like satisfying a sweet tooth um and do you have any like diet hacks that sort of stuff to um to help the diehard dropper yeah i i know that question it, they they'd asked hadn't they that they were kind of partial to it or they're ruining their diet and my first question is what's the cause so what we're doing there is is jump straight to the symptom the symptom is ruining the diet and having the quality streets and the ice cream if you just focus on that you're kind of missing the point a little bit because you're just trying to paper over the cracks of the end result so we'll talk about it but actually it's better to go a step backwards and say what gets you to that point where you're feeling the need to have a tub of ice cream or a tub of quality streets. So is there something which actually is going to be far more beneficial for you to fix or work on than actually just focusing on what can you have to create, to fix your sweet tooth? So that might be, are you really struggling with work? Was it a really hard work day? And that's what triggers it. In which case, do you need to find other outlets? Do you need to find other hobbies? Is it relationships? Is it you've got that food at home and that triggers you? Is it the way you walk home? You always go past a certain billboard which says there's an offer for this and you go, I want that when I get home. Could you walk a different way? Basically, what I'm saying is normally there's a self-reflection that's needed. If you actually want to solve that sweet tooth and 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 fix it and, and actually make positive changes, try and work out what's causing that. Because if you can fix that, then you kind of negate that need for coming up with a sweet tooth or a, an option for the sweet tooth. However, that said, you might completely optimize that and you're still like, I really want some ice cream or whatever. Um, two things really. Firstly, just remember that if you do that, don't worry. Like it happens, we're human and you're human, you can get back on track if you think one day means absolutely nothing over the next six months, that's really important to say. And then it's honestly just about finding things which work for you. So generally, high protein, if you can find it with some fiber, is a really good way of satisfying cravings. And, and sorry, I should probably also say as well, this is where you kind of want to optimize things like dinner and why it's important to talk about things like fiber and protein in your dinner. And maybe we don't have have time maybe and we could chat about it in the future if you ever want to but um if again this is kind of like if you're trying to do it as severe as possible or you're trying to restrict actually if you had a better balance of nutrients in your dinner would you find those cravings are far less because that's commonly what we find as well if you eat more protein you eat more fiber those are the most satisfying nutrients that we have and they're also lower in calories so you might find that actually if you eat shitload of veggies with your dinner you have some satisfying protein whether it's meat or fish those cravings are going to be less 
Okay, and um, there's one question that came up quite a lot, which was if if you had a blowout and on the pod last week we had Wayne Mardle, darts professional, he was talking about eating seven pies of mash in a day plus a Chinese and 12 pints type blowout. What is the actual damage that does? And is there a, is there a point where the body just can't store that amount of food? So think of, think of it as like a there's a caloric deficit, like lower bar that you, is like the lower that you can get to. Is it the other way as well? Is there like yeah, yeah, yeah? So you can't you can't absorb all of that. So a large amount of that will have just been food out basically. So you probably will have had some pretty unpleasant shits in the in the following days um you, you can only absorb so much and exactly as you say some of that will have been but the damage of having a blowout like that is is really insignificant and over, over like over the, the the like the longer period you know you have to be eating 500 calories extra a thousand calories extra every day just to put on half a kilo in a week so so, so if you so you're saying like if you eat like fifteen thousand calories, you wouldn't gain like five thousand of them. You just shit them straight out. Yeah, I mean, sweet. <laughs> yes, I I wouldn't recommend it if I'm honest. Um, and if you do it regularly, and th th there's problems with that because that will still irritate your gut. Yeah, it's not a good idea. But that's just why it's so important to say like, just just try and try and roll with it a little bit because these things happen and if you actually adopt the mindset of like yeah that that wasn't quite what i wanted i messed up it doesn't doesn't matter when, when you yeah. just take take the long-term approach it's interesting. yeah it's not very interesting i'm imagining that that doesn't count with with booze like if you drink because i quite often drink fully five thousand calories and then eat five thousand calories or whatever yeah i unfortunately, they really do is... add that on Booze is a bit harder because it, as a liquid, you can drink more of it and you can absorb more of it. It won't go through quite as much. And alcohol calories are a toughie. But yeah. Yeah. That's too, good to, too good to ask for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 20 pints. But we're better off eating <laughs> yeah, 20 bowls of lard. <laughs> um, James, you've got a load of medals and your your room is very similar to mine, actually, after my marathon run. Um, how did you get all of them? uh years of, of racing i think they're not all of mine some of my wife's as well um but yeah lots of triathlons and running events and for the uh listeners so there was a guy called gareth that came on the triathlons was the way that he transformed his life weight loss and everything he's been trying to get us on to do a, a triathlon where would you recommend we start uh a shorter distance triathlon so something like a sprint triathlon so it's like it's the the lowest distance or the shortest distance join a group join a community and literally just have fun with it like the triathlon community is really really nice they're a really supportive bunch of people and it's it's a heck of a lot of fun so that that's what i would say is like join a community and try and find that side of things and if you want as well and you're interested in nutrition, I've got a triathlon nutrition channel on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, I'm all over that. So what, there you go. What other stuff have you got to plug as well? Because the diehard droppers, you know, they only know us as their, <laughs> yeah. as their weight loss guidance. So, yeah, how, how does people get in touch with you? What have you got on? How, that sort of stuff. Yeah, so there's a, the, 
there's hurry the food up so hurry the food up on uh, all social media handles and hurry the food up.com uh, so as i say we're a vegetarian website we have uh, some free meal plans if you want to check them out if you want to try a vegetarian meal plan we've got them for weight loss we've got them for active people as well if they want to look at kind of muscle building that sort of thing um, and then I'm Nutrition Triathlon. Again, all social media handles and nutritiontriathlon.com. Uh, if you ever want to come and have a chat or send me an email, I'm always happy to answer questions. Love that. And have you run a marathon? No, actually. Marathon oh. is one I haven't done. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Um... But future. I mean, I, I expect the first time I do one will probably be during an Ironman. That, that's kind of what I'm expecting. Fair enough. So you're going for like a crazy one? I will. Probably. It was going to be this year, but because uh, family circumstances have changed, I've decided to delay that for a year. Yeah, fair enough. Understandable. And James, have you, did I read somewhere that you, you work with the British triathlon team or you, you, were, you, were, you coach at some level with the British team? Yeah, so, I mean, I'm a British triathlon qualified coach. I'm a level two coach. And I've also raced for the Great Britain age group team in triathlon as well. So I raced in wow. the European Championships a couple of years ago. So you're like rapid. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm reasonable, but I'm, I still get absolutely blitzed by the fast guys. So and fast guys and girls. What's your what's this? What's the strongest out of the three? Of the, of uh, the... Probably bike for me is what I'd say. Nice. I think the bike will be fine. It's bike, swim, and run, right? Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's normally Swimmable. swim, then bike, then run. What happens when you're wet, though? Do you dry off and then change? No, uh, well, it depends. And, and certainly if you're doing a sprint triathlon and you're doing it as the first time, like you, you don't need to worry too much about equipment in terms of like being super slick. And so some people, when they're doing it a lot, they'll try and go through transition which is the area you go to like between each discipline you can just take your time but yeah basically you wear something like a tri suit or you could wear some cycling shorts and then you just wear that through the whole thing or if you want you can get changed in transition you know especially if it's your first time that's fine well it might take me a day to do each discipline i might <laughs> have a little lay down in between as well <laughs> that's amazing so um James, thank you so much for, for coming on. Um, if you're up for it, we'd love to get you back on and chew your ear off a bit more about all of this sort of thing. Um, but, yeah, um, yeah, thanks so much again. That's absolutely yeah, insightful. And, uh, yeah. I've we'll, loads I have, yeah. yeah. I think you've actually turned my head away from doing a, a mad fast just to be... Yeah, me too. I, I think I've stopped changing my mind again. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't ask you again in 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 a little while and uh you can tell me how you've got on and what you've ended up doing yeah, yeah nice do just just quickly before you go is is a high mash diet recommended <laughs> thing yeah what's your thoughts on mashed potato because i find it fills me up like have a big you... bowl of mash and then I'm i'm just not hungry yeah, honestly, that that's fine. Like, if, if you find that that's okay and that works for you, you know, my my advice to take that the next step further is just add a couple of what we call non-starchy veg vegetables. So, like, you know, like broccoli or um, I don't know some spinach okay. leaves, that sort of thing. It'll fill you up even more, but won't really be any calories. Nice. 
There you go. That's nice. the way to Thank perfect the mash diet. Love that. <laughs> Up the mash diet. Um, James, thank you very much. Uh, Cheers, yeah. James. Appreciate that. Thank you very thank much. You no worries at all, chaps. Good to speak thank to you. you. Cheers, mate. We've got some diet plans, health scans, sugar bands, fitness fans, PTs, injuries, laying off the Chinese, ball games, gym chains, protein gains, and skin tight tops, and we ain't gonna stop until we hit the 50k. Drop, 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 drop. No excess fat, no FAT, no curry bag, no guarantee. Rough or buff, lean on me. We'll lift up as fit as a bitch.